Hello and welcome back to Lead with Compassion with me, your host, Nico McCall. In the last episode, I started talking about the phrase, when you know better, do better. I'm sure many people have put their spit on this, but I'm going to credit Maya Angelou. She said, do the best you can until you know better. Then, when you know better, do better. Seems easy enough. And at the same time, it kind of seems like a phrase people throw around to seem like they're doing better. I think to actually put this into practice takes a lot of hard, consistent work. Work that a lot of people don't know how to do, or even that it's an option. Let's take ADHD and anxiety as an example. I was diagnosed with both at the age of 40. I'm not usually a hyperactive person. My form of ADHD is inattentive. The way I came to be diagnosed was through the process of screening my son. I'm told this is the most common way for adults to be diagnosed. I lived my whole life believing that I was a procrastinator, a daydreamer, forgetful, lazy, messy, someone who would never live up to their potential. Now I know that most of this can be attributed as symptoms of my ADHD. I now know better. The kicker is, I've had 40 years of practice being these things people always told me I was. I made them a part of me. Even though I'm on medication now for my ADHD and I know better, it is hard to do better. I've made habits of being a procrastinator, a daydreamer, forgetful, lazy, messy, and a habit of not living up to my potential. Most of the time, I'm mindlessly living in these habits, completely unaware My journey of doing better is a chaotic path of trial and error. I'm going to attempt to organize that path into steps that you can try to implement. I'll list out the steps, then attempt to describe how I implement them. Here are the steps. 1. Become aware of your thoughts. 2. Decide how you would like to behave instead. Three, know your triggers. Four, develop little tricks to assist you. Five, once these tricks become habit, develop more tricks. Six, be open about the work you're doing and your end goal. Seven, allow others to help you with your accountability. Eight, Question your thoughts. Dig beneath your habits. Okay, let's go through these steps. Step one, become aware of your thoughts. Before I can begin to do anything about my habits, I first have to be aware of the thoughts that orchestrate them. Calling myself out for procrastinating catching myself in a daydream, noticing that I didn't pick up after myself, 
or recognizing when I moved on to a new task without first finishing the other one I was working on. When I am preparing for an episode of this podcast, I'll be typing ideas, then realize I've been thinking about some other random thing I want to do. Step two, decide how you would like to behave instead. I find it difficult to change a behavior or habit if I don't have an idea of how I'd like to behave instead. I'm a procrastinator. I'll put things off till the last minute because the idea of doing something doesn't sound pleasurable. I'd rather get lost in the new concept I'm learning about. Or I'll commit to something that sounds like a good idea. Then later it doesn't seem as important, so I won't do it. I've gotten really good at letting myself off the hook. To help me with this... I imagine what my day would look like if I was living my ideal life with all the successes I want for myself. What do I do first thing in the morning? What do I give my attention to? How do I interact with people throughout the day? Then when I'm having a day where I want to put everything off, I think about what my already successful self would do and do that. Step three, know your triggers. Most likely, there are triggers in your life that cause you to fall back on your habits. When I get an audition for a movie, I'm excited to first read my lines. All kinds of ideas flow through my brain about the character. The next day, I don't think about it as much. The day after that, I start having thoughts about why I wouldn't be able to film, or why this role isn't a good fit for me. This process happens consistently. Knowing this about myself, recognizing the patterns, allows me to use step four to interrupt my habit. Step four, develop little tricks to assist you. For my auditions, I'll jot down my ideas when I'm in the excited phase. I imagine what it would be like to be on set, how it would feel. Then when it's time to tape my audition, I can look back at my ideas and pull up the visualizations I had of being on set and remember the excitement I felt. When I'm going through my day and have fleeting thoughts of needing to do this thing or call that person or follow up on that thing, I jot it down. I always told myself before that I would remember whatever it was I needed to do. But why do I need to test myself like that? I know that if I make a quick note, I don't have to keep circulating that thought through my brain. Step five, once these tricks become habit, develop more tricks. I include this step so I don't feel like I have to develop the perfect trick from the get-go. I can start off small and get really good at this tiny little trick I developed. Then I can step it up. The perfect example of this is in the episode on BII phobia and my testosterone shots. I used this process to go from fainting when getting a shot 
to doing my own shots without any help. That successful life you imagine in step two isn't going to happen overnight. Attempting a trick that is too advanced is only going to set you up for failure when you can't consistently apply it. So start simple and work your way up. If you start with a trick you think is simple, but it turns out to be too big, come up with something smaller to try. There's no judgment there. Find your own process. Step six, be open about the work you're doing and your end goal. This is where the procrastinator in me goes into hyperdrive. Here and in the closely related step seven. My habit is to make all kinds of plans for myself, goals for my life, and then not tell anyone. If I figure it out on my own, they can see what I've been working on when it's done. And if it doesn't get done, no one is the wiser. They won't know I failed. I'm learning several benefits to telling people. They help me celebrate the little wins along the way. They provide support. They provide guidance if they've done something similar. They can help me be accountable if I lean into step seven. Step seven, allow others to help you with your accountability. For me, step seven is step six on steroids. It's one thing to tell someone once about a goal I have. Committing to check in with someone on a regular basis where I will provide updates of my progress or lack of progress according to the limiting thoughts in my head is intimidating. But I know that it's easy to let myself off the hook. As uncomfortable as the idea is to talk about my progress with someone, I know I'm less likely to let things slip. So I get to make a conscious choice to talk about this habit I'm trying to change, goal I'm trying to reach, or new trick I'm implementing, and then welcome support and encouragement from others. Step eight, question your thoughts. Dig beneath your habits. Many of the underlying reasons for my habits might come from things I was told as a child. I'm a procrastinator, lazy, messy. I have a lot of potential. I'm just not reaching it. But I didn't consciously decide to start living into these ideas of me. I created coping mechanisms. Ways to reduce my anxiety. To minimize other people's disappointment in me those coping mechanisms became habits. For me to really change the habits that are my coping mechanisms, it helps to question why I'm doing what I'm doing. When I catch myself in a daydream, do I just notice and continue daydreaming? Feed myself the story that was given to me as a kid. Or do I recognize that I might need a break? 
Or maybe I'm up against a breakthrough that may propel me into the successful life I dream of, and that scares me. So I fall into a daydream or procrastinate another way to stay where I'm comfortable. When I have an answer to that, it's probably time to start over with step one and really dig in to what I know so I can do even better. These steps are not linear for me. I move forward, move back, am in several steps at the same time. If you're listening to this and just waking up to realize that there are options in life that you can choose to have whatever success you want, these steps may be too much. Before I actually took steps to become an actor, I had no idea there were all kinds of coaches, programs, communities to support you. That there were other people who once thought they were never going to live up to their potential until they found others who taught them how. And now those people are teaching others how. I thought I would forever have dreams of the life I wanted for myself. But unless I got lucky, it wasn't going to happen for me. Then I was diagnosed with ADHD and anxiety. I learned there are even more options out there for me. Ways to help myself be successful if I'm willing to put in the hard work. I know now that I don't have to continue beating myself up and repeating these stories I was told as a kid. I don't have to believe those stories or live them. I think the hardest story for me to get past is that I will never live up to my potential. No one outright told me that, but it was pointed out that I wasn't living up to it. I heard it enough. I believed I never would. We are told to set challenging and attainable goals. I would set a goal and never reach it. I saw people around me setting goals and making progress and setting new, higher goals. I wasn't taught growing up that there are specific ways to break down a goal into daily actionable steps. I thought, you set a goal, you reach your goal. When that didn't happen for me, it was proof that I would never reach my potential. It didn't occur to me that some people are gifted with intuitively knowing how to set and attain goals, and that for the rest of us, there are ways to learn how to set and attain goals. I now know that my symptoms of ADHD and anxiety don't define me. They don't dictate the kind of person I am or the life I'm going to live. And now I get to do the hard work of doing better for myself. If you find yourself learning things about life, about yourself, it's time to start doing better. If you have no idea where to begin doing better, 
try using my steps to help you go from knowing better to doing better. See if any of them work for you or inspire you to create your own steps that work even better. Remember to practice compassion for yourself on this journey. It's a continuous process. Let go of judgment and focus on trying ways to do better. Some of my steps may not work for you. That's fine. Toss them out. Maybe you need a few more steps. That's great. Add them in there. Keep finding ways to do better. Keep questioning your current ways, your current thoughts, and then do even better. Once you know better, how do you do better? What are some habits you have that keep you stuck? We love to hear from you. Tell us your answers to these questions. Contact info is in the show notes and on our website, leadwithcompassionpodcast.com. Consider supporting our show by clicking on the PayPal link in the show notes or at leadwithcompassionpodcast.com. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next time.